Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Hank Kuhneman, you know what I'm talking about? He's a pastor, but he's also a prophet. He's been on several shows, said they're off many times. He's kind of uh, always said who the president was going to be before there was a president. And uh, the, the last person he made mad on the earth was Oral Roberts. He was a spiritual father, but uh, Hank went to Oral Roberts and said, I'm sorry, but you're not leaving right now. And uh, Brother Oral was ready to go go to heaven and he wanted to be through and go see his wife and see Jesus and all that. He says, but I'm sorry, but it's, it, there's a reason for you to be here. And he says, you're going to be here this much longer. And, and, uh, but he trusted Hank. He said, but you can go now. <laughs> he lovingly was upset with him. <laughs> uh, there's a small clip. It's about five minutes. Hank Kuhneman had a word from the Lord for 2018. Okay. And that's over. I'll come back and just make one. Small add-on to that, then we'll receive the offering. Go ahead. This should be a year, says the Spirit of God. As I walk among the earth, as I walk among this nation, the United States, but I walk upon this earth. The earth shakes, the mountains erupt, the winds blow with great force. As my kingdom is unlocking upon this earth and this nation, the United States, and it shall be known as a year of records. Watch the records that shall be broken and records that shall be made. And I don't just speak of your weather, but God says, I speak of events and I speak of the accomplishments among men. It shall be a year that they shall say, look at the records that were made. Look at the records that were broken. Why is this? For God says, I want you to understand that this marks what I'm doing among my people is record-breaking manifestations. God says, I'm infusing and injecting my hand, my spirit, my will, and my the unprecedented things that shall begin to manifest over this nation and your government. God says record breaking in your economy, record breaking in your stocks, record breaking says the Lord in how I am going to begin to unlock the treasures, unlock discoveries. I'm going to unlock things that will stimulate the economy of this nation and the nations of the earth. And the Lord says, I have had enough of my people who've had, have had to do without. And they've struggled and they struggled and they struggled. The Lord says, let the records show now that I'm infusing myself and interjecting myself on your behalf. That you will have record-breaking year two. For this is not just limited for those in the earth without my people being blessed. Watch and see. 
For you will taste and you will see that the Lord is good unto you. Even now, the Lord says, reach into your pocket and say, the days of emptiness is over. The days of lack are over because I'm going to put forth into the hands of my people resources like you have not seen before. For you've read in the scriptures where there were wealth transfers and you only thought that that was just reserved for those times. Not so! Once again, I shall unlock the economy. I shall unlock, unlock the currencies. I shall unlock natural gas, oil. And I will cause resources to come. Why is this? Because I'm shaking everything that can be shaken for the purpose that men shall call upon the name of my son to be saved. Watch how I shake the European Union once more. Not just once more, but some more. Come on, lift up your hands. I can just see where it's like God is reaching down to touch us. And just as it would be, lift up your hand, as it would be that God would come now and touch your hand. Father, we thank you. Place your hand upon our hands. Place your hand upon our lives. Place your hands upon our families, our resources, our finances, Lord, our bodies. And inject a supernatural grace that shall be greater than any former season of our lives. Because, Lord, you say, behold, look. I do a new thing and the new thing shall be a great thing and that is that we shall testify God's people of his goodness but of his provision his blessing now I want you to say that say Lord I receive that in my life I receive your touch I receive the blessing from your hands that comes upon me now I receive it I receive it same day blessings same day blessings same day blessings I receive it in my life in the name of Jesus I receive it amen ushers if you'll come out here's uh, if you followed any of his ministry he's speaking out of this the word that uh, you don't turn there in your Bible because we'll, I'll just read it. But Amos 9.13 says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader grapes. Him that sows seed in the mountains shall drop sweet wine and the hills shall meet. The one, the plowman, the man will put the seed in and the harvest is going to be right on his back. These are time of suddenlies. So he's saying same day blessing. The same day I sow my seed the same time there's what are we talking about uh an acceleration an acceleration listen to the same scripture in the book in the message translation it said things are going to happen so fast your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other you won't be able to keep up everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look blessing and blessing like wine pouring out of the mountains and hills i will make everything i will make everything 
right again for my people. That's a very poor response to that. That, that was that was a pitiful response to that. Hallelujah. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up with everything. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, you'll be blessing and blessing like wine pouring out of the mountains and hills. I will make everything right again for my people. <clears throat> See, what I, I don't, what I don't understand is why I don't get a 100% response to this. If, it, if that ticks me off, I think it ticks the Lord off. Don't, don't make me come back there. See, why don't, you, why, why don't we work with the Lord? Forget whether you're Baptist or Methodist or what your personality. The Bible says they'll just live by faith, not by your personality. Huh? Believe me, the day will come that the scripture says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. But believe me, in heaven, every hand will be raised. Hallelujah. Or you better have a good reason. <laughs> right? Is he worthy of praise? It's, it's an extension of gratitude and thanksgiving. Say, Father, be it, un, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, I receive same-day blessings. Right now, blessing. Suddenly. I'm suddenly receiving my provision, my harvest, my breakthrough. Breakthroughs now. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Worthy, 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 worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Is the Lord. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Are y'all sad over here? Are y'all sad? Anybody over here sad? Hallelujah. You know, you got to shake off darkness. That's a choice. You got to shake it off. You got to shake it off. Break it. Huh? If you don't shake it off, it ain't coming off. Hallelujah. You know what? Can I be real? Excuse me if I'm a little bit too whatever sometimes, but I'm trying to help people. I, I, I believe I've been called to help leaders. And God has put leaders with me always. Leaders eat differently. I liken it to a train. There's the front car and there's several cars in the caboose. And if you're not going to be the front car, you're going to be a back car caboose, then you're just going to get dragged everywhere you go. You know, you can either be a sheep or a shepherd, but if you're just always going to be a sheep, and we are the sheep, I know that, then your view is always going to be the same. You're going to always be looking at somebody's rear end. Now, if you get out front, you're going to catch some stuff. You may not like it, but that means you get to see all the good stuff first. And when you get instructions from a minister and, and you, with all your reasons that you have of sitting there holding on to your, 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 your depression, 
and grief and whatever. Huh? The Bible says rebellion is as witchcraft. So what you're doing is not, I'm, I'm basking in my depression or what's going on in my life. What you're doing is you're operating with the, with the spirit of witchcraft. That's demonic. So unless you want to invite more devils into your life, you might want to rise and shine for the light has come. Amen. Glory to God. Let's let children's church go to children's church and the teacher will win. Hallelujah. And excel. October 14th, Brother Wayne Goss will be here. Be good meetings to Sunday morning, Sunday night, 10.30, 6, 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. What a blessing he is to the body of Christ in this church and he's my spiritual dad. Hallelujah. Who knew that I would have a spiritual dad that lived in Wales? Huh? Praise God. Thank God for him. Amen. Got a little different kind of service today. Is that okay? You need different. Some say we need different. Say thank you, Lord, for different. Don't let me stay the way that I am. Help me move from faith to faith and from glory to glory. If you don't, you just be stagnant. Well, I'm confessing this. Why don't you ever, why don't you confess and get it? Don't be satisfied with just confessing. Someone said, well, I'm confessing it in. Well, but Pastor Buzz, you say, if, if, if it ain't already in, confessing it ain't going to help. Right? <laughs> we are in the finished works of Christ. Well, I'll come back to this probably, but uh, first of the week I was given three words and with no explanation, and now they're starting to come clear to me. And he said, this is what will happen. He said, there's an alteration, and there's an activation, and, now there's, and then there's an acceleration. And so I just wrote that down with no place to put it. See what I'm saying? But things have to be altered. There has to be a change. Uh, this, this is life. This is in the business realm. This is, this is uh, our understanding of our walk with God. There has to be, if, if we're going to excel with Him, then we have to create a culture. Right? And cultures aren't, aren't created overnight. And so we, to walk into the new, you have to walk out of the old, right? You can't put the, old, the, the new wine in the old wineskin, right? Because you'll lose the wine and you'll lose the wineskin. It'll burst. So God is doing a new thing. It's not new to God. It's just new to us, right? But there's a culture that supports that. You hear that a lot in sports and stuff like that where, you know, coaches said, we, we came here to create a new culture. It's a new thought. It's a new attitude. It's, it's how we do things. It's how we perceive things. We don't go from highs to lows. There's an ebb and there is a flow, but we're moving in. We're, we're moving in a place and we say this is the way it is, right? And so we, 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 we purposely make decisions. And in that, we discipline ourselves. Now, that, I know that's, a, that's almost like a curse word. Because people don't like discipline. And by and large, they don't like change. But I decided I'm going to love change. Because here's what I know. Change is going to stay here. You may not, but change is going to stay here. Change is here to stay. We always say growth and maturity is optional. So if you're going to grow with the Lord, you're going to have to change. Right? Which means you might, you might have to forgive somebody. 
Oh, I forgave him. I'm just going to give a piece of my mind. Well, you just walked right back into darkness. I thought love paid no attention to a suffered wrong. It doesn't need to voice it. It doesn't need to tell them. It don't need to tell them off on Facebook. You say, well, no, I was going the high road. No, you took the low road. You became just like them. Love paid no, no attention. Pilate asked Jesus, you know, before the crucifixion, he said, hey, don't you know? Because Jesus wouldn't open his mouth. He said he was reviled but would not revile. Pilate said, don't you know I had the power to, have you, to set you free? Don't you know I had the power to have you crucified? And, and Jesus did open his mouth. He said, you'd have no power at all if my heavenly father hadn't given you this. You, he said, you had no power with me. <laughs> that sounds like big talk when you're in chains, don't it? <laughs> but all he had to do was just think, uh, no, nah, I ain't doing this. <laughs> and legions of angels would have came. Woo. So the Bible says, and, and let's read it here. I, uh, I just got this this moment ago. Uh, Romans 13. I'm going to move really fast today if I can. So I need you to listen quick. Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Know this, that the time is now. Woo, high time to wake out of your sleep. Amen. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, wakey, wakey. Wake the time is now. Wake up out of your sleep, for now is your salvation nearer than what we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the work of darkness and let us put on the armor of what? Light. 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 Cast off darkness. Cast off the thoughts of darkness. Right? Yes. Cast off all the things that, that are pulling you in the emotional realm of saying, no, it's this way, it's that way. No, it's, it's going to be this way. You just need to learn how to accept it. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to accept anything. Jesus come to bring you absolute victory. Amen. Right. Peter said, receive the end of your faith. So if you're not, if, if you, if you're not satisfied, you're not at the end. If you hadn't saw the victory report, you're not at the end. No. Receive the end of your faith. Get to the end of it. Amen. Now, no one starts at the finished place. They start at the starting place. But this is the walk. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, right? So here we are. We're walking. How are we doing? We doing all right? Amen. Praise God. So let us, he said, let us therefore walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, nor chambering, nor wantonness, nor in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Put him on. Yes. Well, we, we tried us. Amen. <laughs> you ever wore you for a while? <laughs> I remember working outside one day and, and uh, it's like, man, what is that that stinks? And it's like, and it was me. It was, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my, right guard, left guard, some kind of guard come up in here, right? Well, I've wore me. I've wore religion. Huh? I, I wore everything they told me to do. I've been to places they told me how to build a church. Except it don't work. Right? Well, what they basically tell you how to grow a church is don't do anything that I do all the time. <laughs> I, viol I violate every principle of church growth. First thing to tell you is go light and easy on Sunday morning. Go real light and easy on Sunday morning because that's when, if you have new people, that's when they're going to come. And that's just when you throw out your nest. You just make it real light and easy. And then you can be a little rougher on Wednesday. We can't be rough on Wednesday because no one wants to come to church anymore on Wednesday. Yeah, it got real quiet, didn't it? Hallelujah. But I'm coming. Bless God, I'm coming. You can watch the gun smoke if you want to. I'm looking for miracle signs, wonders, and demonstrations. I'm going to be there when God shows up, and I bet he don't show up in your living room before he comes here. 
Well, I'm tired. Not in the glory you're not. Are you full of excuses? Hallelujah. There you go. Stop it, Eric. That's for the locomotives. You know, hallelujah. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. But I'm not bound by anybody. I'm bound to go where the Lord wants to go. And if you don't want it, I'll just go somewhere else. If you don't want it, I can go somewhere else. You don't think you're making my living, do you? You see, don't you derive a Yes. But I can go anywhere the Lord tells me to go. You could set me off in the desert. It's hard to drop me off in a parachute. I would like to have a lesson how you do that before you drop me off. But if you not, I'll get it to download on the way down. Take my Bible. If you take my Bible, the Bible's already in me. Hallelujah. And we're going to prosper in the desert. Maybe with scorpions, but I had the most sanctified. I don't think I can talk in tongues, but anyway, but I, but I have a scorpion church. Hallelujah. So he said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Are you making provision for the flesh? Uh, are you in your attitude? Hmm. 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 Well, you don't know how I feel. There it is. There, there's, there's provision. Now that will accommodate you and stay with you. Hmm. Right? Well, can, can I ask you something to maybe help you a little bit? You know, I hate to use these kind of examples, but. It is what come to me. Has anybody ever stepped in dog cat mess? Yes. Did you wear it all day? No. Why? Why? Thank you. What did you do? You wiped it off. So just wipe it off now. Wipe it off. <laughs> Amen. Someone says like gum, it just sticks. Well, you know how you do gum? Actually, they got something that will do it. When I worked in the schools in Oklahoma, when I was going to Bible school, I was a janitor in the schools. You know, I'm not there for a career and for the Bible school. And kids who didn't want to go to the trash can would just take their gum and throw it in the carpet. And it was my job to get it out. But they have a little something in the can that's like antifreeze, and it dry and it freezes it, so you have to wear certain gloves so it don't get to your skin. And then you can just thump it, or you can put your shoe in the freezer. But the deal is we're looking to get, to get that stuff out of our life, right? Amen. So just do it. Just, this is an act of your faith. Say this or what you're feeling right now, what you're dealing with, what they said to me, what I'm doing, the depression that I feel. I feel stuck in this situation. That is not a scripture. That's not a scripture. That's not my inheritance. I'm not having that. So you, what you do is you change your mind. In Deuteronomy, God told his people, he says, you'll have to choose life or death, blessing or cursing. He said, it'll be your choice, whatever you choose, that's what you'll have. As a man thinketh in his heart, that's who he's going to be. So if you're mad at God, and about a third of you in here are sometimes, hmm, because you're waiting on him, and he's done, he's done all he's going to do. God's not gonna, God is doing nothing about healing people anymore. He's doing nothing about saving people anymore. Why? Because the sacrifice for that has already been made. Amen. Now we just choose and we receive according to that and we make our choices and we make our decisions. Amen. 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 Jesus said, I can have what I say. Amen. And that's been working for you all your life. Amen. You say, no, I'm, I'm always sick. And I guarantee you, if I stayed with you for about two hours, I would know why you are. And the reason why you're always mad at someone, I would know why that is too. It's just because you haven't, even though if you're born again, the Bible says you have to put on love. Because it shed abroad in your heart. 
and you let people get to you, right? And then you want to tell them so. Hmm? You, they, if you was in ministry, they'd eat you alive. They would eat you alive in ministry. If you let what people say about you or don't say about you, I just know because I've been in ministry 25 years, I've been talked about by more people than any of you sitting here all put together just because of by what I do. Right? And I've made mistakes. So maybe some of their conversations was valid. Amen. But I pay no attention to that. See, because I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer for you. I'm going to answer for me. Right? Amen. And so it's my, it's my job as a pastor to tell you the truth that I know. If, if I don't, if I, I can't be responsible for what I don't know, but I'm, I'm still learning, right? But what I do know, I'm going to tell you. How you respond to that will be your choice. I will at all times, if I can, the Bible says it's struck with meekness and kindness. It's easier, just, you know, Mary Poppins said, with a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Uh, but the thing is, you... You have to know. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Love tells people the truth. And the truth sets people free. Y'all okay? Love tells people the truth. Truth sets people free. Jesus did it all the time. They come and said, Lord, Lord. He said, why are you calling me Lord? He said, you don't do nothing to tell you. He said, well, that don't sound very nice, Jesus. It was truth. He said, you are calling me Lord and you do nothing, I tell you. Jesus preached in John 6, and most of the people left while he was preaching. And, and they said, this man has hard sayings. That, that, that's a hard preacher right there. That's what they said about Jesus. You know, you know what they would do with Jesus if he was live on the earth today? They'd still crucify him. The religious people would. Okay? So, he said, he said, they said, this, man's, this man has hard sayings. And they walked away as he was preaching. And then Jesus turned to his own disciples. He said, you going to go with them? And there was a long pause, I think. <laughs> and, uh, uh, which means they were thinking about it. And Peter said, well, I, you know, you, you got the words of life. Where are we going to go? Well, all Jesus said, if you, you know, if you're going to move forward with me, you're going to have to eat my body and drink my blood. Well, of course, they... Right over the head, right? So they said, oh, oh my gosh. Now we're supposed to eat his body and drink his very blood. That's it. I'm out of this church. That's out. That's all. This is a cult. Heresy? Hmm? No, they were just spiritually dull. All right, real quickly. Here we go. So Romans 8, 28 tells us this, that we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Can you find you in that verse? All things, God, God causes all things to work together for what? For good. Here's the qualifier. For those who love Him, love God, and to those who are called to what? To whose purpose? Yours? Your mama's? Your third cousin? Whose purpose? His purpose. So when you love God, called according to His purpose, all things will begin to work together and they all work together for good. What a glorious way to live. What an absolutely glorious way to live. Amen. Believing that whatever the, in, the enemy intends for harm, Amen. Amen. Jesus will flip it into a blessing. Amen. Hmm? Somebody ready to be flipped today? Yes. Hallelujah. Now I got a lot to do. And it's like I'm going to have two different sermons. And I'm going to re actually read something to you. 
I mean, which is, I don't know how many I do that. Probably done five times in 20 something years. But we're coming into a new place. God's flipping me. God's bringing me into other places. You got to have mentors. Got to, got to have mentors. So my mentors usually, I don't know who they are. I find them somewhere in the, in the earth and ask the, after the Holy Ghost, is this person right, wrong, whatever. So he's creating a culture. And there's a revival culture taking place. But this church has to come into the culture of that. And whether you know it or not, he's asking you, do you want to do this? Because he wants to use you. And if you tell him no, then he's going to... He's going to go somewhere else. I do believe that. I do believe that. But if you say no, I won't be here. God, there I go again. What a glorious way to live. He's flipping us. Now watch here. Here's, here's a powerful illustration of what I just said. It's in Genesis 50, 14. And you can just listen. It says, after burying his father, Joseph went back to Egypt. Now you know the story of Joseph, right? Had a dream. Told his brothers. Not wisdom. Had a dream, told all his family, told his father, told his brothers, <laughs> I, I'm going to be like the man, <laughs> and I see all y'all bowing down towards me. And he, he's a kid, right? But that was a cool dream. He said, I am the man, and y'all will bow to me. And that made him really mad. He was already his father's favorite son, so they devised a plan. They put him in the pit, sold him off as a slave, told his father that a bear or lion got him and killed him, lied to the father. And Joseph took his dream, and he went to Egypt. He went to the pit. And he was in prison for 13 years. Well, how many won't have that dream? Watch here. And so God gave him a vision, right? Or Pharaoh had a, the, the king had a dream, couldn't interpret it. Uh, they said, there's one in here who has that gift to do that. They brought him forth and he was able to interpret the dream. And he told them there's going to be seven years of greatness and seven years of terrible economy. Seven full years, seven empty years. And so God said, and the king says, and he says, this is what you should do. And you need to find someone to put over that. You need to get it going right now because it's quickly upon you. And so, of course, he was the one that was selected for this. And just what he, the dream had happened. And so Joseph went about storing up, storing up, storing up, storing up. And then when all the earth was hurting they would come to him. And so Joseph's brothers was coming to Egypt and they found their brother. Except he wasn't in a pit and he wasn't dead. He was the second in command. Yeah. He was the vice president of the nation, you might say. Amen. And of course, they were worried because Joseph just gives the word and you're gone. You're dead. So they said, after burying his father, Joseph went back to Egypt and all his brothers who had come with him to bury his father, returned with him after the funeral. Joseph's brothers talked among themselves, saying, What if Joseph is carrying a grudge and decides to pay us back for all the wrong we did him? Like people do all the time. I, that part I added. So they sent Joseph a message before his death. Your father gave this command. Tell Joseph, forgive your brothers, seeing all the wrongdoing. They did treat you badly. But will you do this? Will you forgive the sins of, of, the, of the servants of your father's God? When Joseph received the, this message from his father, he wept. This young man had changed in those 13 years. Hmm? God tells you the, the end from the, from the very beginning 
but then there's a change that takes place in us. Amen. We are growing in the, in the journey. Yeah. People don't like the journey, but that's, that's where it takes place. So you, we really don't grow a whole lot in easy times. Actually, we grow more in the harder times. Amen. Right? Because our, our nature is when things are going good, we want to just kind of be easy and watch a ball game and have some nacho cheese or some pizza or whatever and take a, some days off. Isn't this kind of human nature when things are going wrong, people press in? All you have to do is see the church fill up is just be a crisis in the earth in this nation. And it brings massive fear like 9-11 does in the churches were full until that was out of their memory and then they went back to doing with their life. It's like elastic. I can push it for a while, but I got to let in. You know, for a photograph, some of us full gospel folks, we, you know, for the photograph, we're, but after a while, we let go, right? And that's what happened here. So he got the message and said, then the brothers went in after they sent the message. It said the brothers went in person to, to him, their brother, and on the ground before him, they bowed before their brother. Oh, just like the dream. Oh, oh, just like that dream that happened years ago. And said, spare our lives and we will be your slaves. Now, how many have a brother or sister? Has your brother or sister ever told you to spare my life and I will be your slave for life? No, no I didn't think so. <laughs> I have siblings too and that's, that's never happened. Amen. Joseph replied to, to them, don't be afraid. Do I act for God? Don't you see you planned evil against me, but God used that same plan for my good. Amen. What has the enemy planned against you? And God's going to use that same plan. Amen. He's going to use the same plan. Yes. I think it's just to intimidate the devil. God doesn't go get a plan to fix it. He says, ah, let's just use his plan. Hmm? Y'all get this? Don't you see that you planned evil against me, but God used the same plan for my good as you see all around you right now, life for many people, easy. Now you have nothing to fear. I will take care of you, to, my, to his brothers, and I'll take care of your children. And he reassured them, speaking with them heart to heart. So once again, verse 20 said, you planned evil against me, but God used the same plan for my good. Yes. We've been talking about restoration. Here it is. Yes. God is restoring. God is restoring. And so the enemy, or, or God himself, his plan for you is always victory. In, in every situation. Yes. In every situation. Amen. Are y'all hearing? Amen. All we got to do is simply yield Amen. to his plan and trust that whatever he has in store for us, he's going to bring us into that. Yeah. Amen. He said in Isaiah 43, 1, he says, don't fear, for I, it was I who redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. Amen. 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 So this is just my notes this morning. God is active. He's actively working to cause all things to work together for good. Don't just focus on the all. This is some things I wrote down this morning before I got here. Don't just focus on the all, but focus on the I am. I am causing all things to work together. Amen. See, get the part about all things are working together, but don't leave out that I am causing all things to work together for your good. All right? 
So, why? Because we have received a kingdom that can't be shaken. New beginnings, transitions, alterations can be difficult. See, the thing is, the church is used to working in the old wineskin. Ministers are used to working in the wineskin, in the old wineskin. But, 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 but you, we, we can't preach the old covenant to new covenant people. You can't tell people God loves you unconditionally, but if you don't stop that, he's going to kill you by Thursday. Which one? Hmm? You can't go to Galatians 3.13 and say, God hath redeemed you from the curse of the law, but say, but if you don't do this and you don't do this, do this, he's going to cut you down. You and I have done enough in our lifetime. If you live past the age of four, the cut down could have, would have already happened. You know the Lord could find you, don't you? <laughs> if he wanted to cut you down. Huh? Y'all here? So new beginnings can be difficult, but God is a restorer, and he is the God of completion. Philippians says the work that he began, he'll bring it to completion. So what looks like chaos to the world... And the world does look chaotic. But let me tell you something. This nation is going through a major purging. You're going to see in the next few months things, you're going to hear things that you never thought possible about this nation. There's no president who's ever walked through what this president is walking through and is about to walk through. And when you come to find out, and we're going to find out what's been happening for, for past administrations, it will amaze you. It will amaze you that the miracle it took place and how God had to put the most unlikely person in the, in, in, in the White House for a cleansing and a purging. It's not about him. It's about what God's going to do in this nation. There's nothing to fear, but you're going to see some things on TV that's going to absolute cause you, if you don't know the truth, to panic. Don't panic. Light's here. And light is going to expose darkness on every side. This nation is about to go into a massive revival. I told you last week, God's taking over. He's taking over. And those of you who's trusting, your money situation is about to get fixed. Mine is too. Mine is too. We're not swapping $5 for $5. I mean, why plan it? Or five for nothing. Oh, I wish I could preach on that for three weeks. Y'all would stay right there. So what looks like chaos to the world? I'm telling you, it won't be but just a few weeks until a month or two that you'll, you'll hear things on the news. It's going to change things. God has given people time to repent. But if they do not repent, he, he's going to expose it all. You're going to see TV networks completely shut down. You're going to see fake news media looking for a job, you know, at Krispy Kreme. Because hmm? it's going forward. So if you ever prayed for a president, you better pray for this one. Because the spirits he's dealing with is not of this world. And he hasn't met the most fear spirits yet, but they're coming. It is for this nation because this nation has an assignment and you're of this nation. Don't, don't put it on land and trees. The nation is you. 
And God is bringing this nation into its finest hour. But he's going to clean house because he's a restorer and his word's going to be true. And what he's going to do, I mean, it, it, there's a clash. What's happening is two kingdoms clashing. And here's what I know about God. He's never lost. He's never lost. He's never lost. But there's going to be some sparks. There's going to be some sparking. And you're going to hear, you're going to know politicians and presidents who's going to be behind prison bars. Anyway, on a lighter note, it's bubbling, it's bubbling. That's last week, right? <laughs> bubbling in my Nothing to fear here, okay? See, that, that's why it's been a little bit difficult for you. See, so, uh, I had to learn this years ago, and I had, I had men of God who was way ahead of me when I was just starting. And I couldn't understand some things. And I said, well, it's like this. He said, no, you don't, no, it's like this everywhere. You're one place. All you see is what you see. This is happening everywhere. Huh? This, is, this thing's not against you. In, in, in the scripture I told you, there's nothing that can come to you that's not common to man. Right. Satan cannot bring something to you that, that's uncommon to natural humanity. And the good news of this, because it gets most quoted by most denominations, and you've heard this, God won't put on you more than you can stand. You ever heard that? Of course you have. You got two ears. What's wrong with that? Everything. That scripture doesn't say that God won't put on you more than you can stand. It does not say that. It does not say that. And if you read a translation that says that, it's from hell. Oh, excuse me. Anyway, I just, I just that wasn't the anointing. That was just me playing with you. But anyway, so here, here it is. He said he won't allow you to be tempted above that which you're able and some of you didn't know you was this strong. There you go. Grace, grace, and more grace. Ms. Tadlock says, and that's absolutely correct. So he said, if, if you're not in a place, you're not ready for this, he's he just going to take you out. Well, would you, would, would you put a kid in kindergarten, raise from kindergarten, and tell them now next Friday, I want you to give them that calculus test? Well, no, that's just be, yeah. Just, they're not ready for that, right? But you're ready. So the enemy is just trying to crowd your life and crowd your thinking and distort everything in your life to where all you can focus on is just trying to, just trying to do life. Right? And the church, by the way, is asleep. You, you, you know this. I mean, I talk to many pastors. They all say the same thing. People are out there. They're all asleep like this. Uh, what's happened to our Wednesday churches? Making provision for the flesh. Oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm, well, I do understand. One day I'll tell you how much I understand when I walk all the way through this thing. Amen. You don't know the faith that I come to this pulpit in sometimes. Huh? So I, I understand. Believe me, I understand. But I'm telling you, you're that close to all victory. This is not, this, this is a time to whatever. Uh, so I'm not trying to build services. That's not what I'm trying to do. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm tired of having services. I'm all about encounters. Yeah. 
So my preaching might be a bit different. It's going to be a bit different. But that's okay. Because we're, we're, we're coming into the glorious church time. So we got to know something about the glory. Well, you're talking about all the glory. I think you need to preach on how to raise positive children in a negative world. You, you can learn it in the glory. <laughs> I've been in services stuck to the floor for hours, and I thought 30 minutes went by there, and I was, I was there for seven hours. And I, I was carefree. Now, that's not every service. That's not what it's supposed to be like. Not every service. But you have to have that. Right? Because God is accelerating things. In the glory, everything is accelerated. Jesus told when he went to the, his first miracle was, was a luxury miracle. He turned water into what? Wine. He took the fermentation process of wine, fermented it in seconds. He said, the governor said, usually what they do is they give you the, you know, the good stuff on the front end. And after men are drunk, they just give you the cheap stuff. He said, but y'all saved the best of the last. What is that saying? That God has saved the very best for the last generation. And that said, this miracle, said what he has done is this first miracle, he said, and he manifested his glory. In the glory, everything gets accelerated. That's where creative miracles take place. In the glory. Faith is a seed, and, we, and it grows. And a healing is a seed, and sometimes healing can take sometimes a time. The word healing denotes is a process, but not miracle, not signs and wonders. So I'm just going to read to you some miracles this morning that happened in the glory. I don't know who the person is. I mean, I got his name. It's so supernatural to me that sometimes God does, does this to me. Sometimes he'll say, look up this person, and I'm like... Okay, let's just see if that's a real person. Oh my gosh, it is. Oh my gosh, it's a ministry. Oh my gosh, it's a ministry about, about glory. Oh my God, my signs, wonders, and miracles in the glory. Well, he just gave me a name. I looked it up. I don't know about him. He's in England. Okay, well, I never met him, for sure. Why does he do that? Because he's wanting to whet our appetite. So in the glory, everything gets manifested quickly. Right. We talked about gifts and anointings. We're all anointed. And as we're anointed, we can minister to people. Say so if a person is sick, we can lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says they shall, they shall recover. Right? There's a process and they can recover. But what I'm doing is I'm going from person to person and I'm releasing the anointing. In the glory, God uses his hands. And he comes like a canopy. And he sweeps over all the people at one time. Benny Hinn would know all about that. Catherine Kuhlman would know all about that. You think Catherine Kuhlman is that's laying hands on everybody? Hmm? So in the end times, God's doing a quick work. I asked you last week, and you all agreed that if you had a tumor or cancer or something and you went into heaven, you died, you went into heaven, or you was caught up to heaven, I asked you how long do you think that that cancer or tumor or whatever it was, that disease would stay in your body? And you said, you said it would leave instantly, right? Why would it leave instantly? Because it would come in contact with what? The glory. The glory. 
So we all have gifts and anointings, but in the glory, they're all enhanced. They're on steroids, so to speak. Hmm? When my mother was raised from the dead, and I was only six months old in the ministry. I'm only six months old in the ministry. You know, I, 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 I know enough to be dangerous. And I'm preaching Wigglesworth and Brother Higgins, Believer's Authority, and I said, we are coming to the days where we're going to see the dead race. I had no idea it was going to be 20 minutes. And my mother falls dead in church. August the 18th, 1996. Falls dead in church. That ain't the time to say, well, we're going them Charles Cass books out there. <laughs> Let's start making some confessions. <laughs> Let's see. Boy, I sure hope this works because this is killing me. Well, that, that, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work here. But in the glory it is. So having been dead for minutes and no pulse, right? Another world invaded that world. And that world took over. You've heard me say it many times, so I, don't, I hope I'm not boring you when I do this, but this may, this may not be doctrinally correct. I can just tell you. So I'll tell you how I felt. But I, I don't like to live life on how I felt. But what happened, because this is my mother, and she dies in church. When she died, and I laid hands on her, and nothing was happening. Was there? She knows. Several people know. You can pick up her eyelid. You can't find a pulse. I mean, you can't find her pupils. You can check her anywhere. There is no pulse. She's starting to turn ashy gray. And there's just nothing there. But there was nothing in me to doubt it. There was no, there was no doubt in me. I think I could have been there for four weeks, and there still would have been no doubt on me. Obviously, there was the gifts of the Spirit in operation. You have to have to raise the dead. You have to have two of, or three gifts in operation. You have to have the, the gift of faith in operation. And there is the work in the miracles. And if they were sick, the gifts of healings, because if they were sick, something killed them and killed them again, they got healed of it. So when it was all said and done, I asked her, you know, obviously what happened and what she saw. And she told me what she saw and how it happened. And she said, when you said to the, in the pulpit, that we're going to come into that. I'm six, I'm six months old in ministry. I'm 30-something years old. I'm 33 years old. And I said, we're going to come to the days we're going to see the dead raised. She said, I heard this most hideous sound. I said, that will not happen. It won't happen here. And I will shut him up by killing you. And she said, this pain went from all the way down my arm into my chest. And then she was gone. And I just kept on saying, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. But I felt, felt, whatever that means, I felt when that gift of faith came on me. It was like, I said, like a heavy coat. I used to have like a London fog coat, you know, that goes to here, which you don't really need in Alabama most of the time. But I felt this heavy coat, like a cloak, go, and I felt it drop on me. And when it did, I, I was like, this ain't nothing. This is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. And, and I'm watching everybody who's taking pulses. I can see everything going around me. I'm not, you know, I'm not caught up to, I don't know what's going around. I'm watching everyone who's her medical people. Miss Dana's medical. My sister's medical. Mr. Clinton was there. He used to be a paramedic. They would know something about pulses. If a paramedic don't know nothing about a pulse, then he should never been a paramedic. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know. But, so I got all these people doing, you know, and they're just saying, I can see their eye contact one to another. 
She's not here. She's gone. There's no pulse. It meant nothing to me. It meant nothing to me. And it took several minutes, but in several minutes, her eyes went boom, and she breathed. So the next day, after she rested, we talked. They took her to the hospital, checked her out, knew she had died, couldn't tell her why she died. She said, I left the building. Here she was praying for me because she said, looks like I came out of my mouth. I stopped, looked down, and she said, and I was on the floor. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, here's who was around me when praying for me. I said, that would be right. She said, I went through a shaft. It was glorious. The, the, the closer I got to the top, the more I wanted to get to the top. I got to the top, saw this amazing light, saw the feet of feet and sandals. I saw the, a white robe and a sash, and it was beautiful. But she said, I was not allowed to come up through it all the way to it. And she said, I knew it was Jesus. And he says, you can't come. She said, but I want to come, Lord Jesus. I want to come. He says, you can't come. She said, because he's using my name and he's using my authority, and therefore you must go back. And when she was alive, what that, what that thing that I felt, it came off of me. Now, this is totally incorrect doctrinally what I'm about to say. It felt totally incorrect doctrinally. I felt almost not saved. So in the glory, that atmosphere comes to this one. Right? So in the glory, when that atmosphere invades this, our atmosphere, well, it's like Mike Murdoch always used to say, he said, you know, if you take a, a fish, Bill knows all about this, but if you take a fish and you catch him and you just put him on the bank, what's he going to do for a little while? He's going to flop. And he might look like a, Reba might say, a moron. Or a moron. Right? Why? Because he's out of his element. But if you want to see him his, in his genius and his creat creativity, then throw him back in the water. Right? And on this side, you know, we are actively using our, our faith, which is good. We always will. We're actively using our gifts. We always will. We're actively using our anointing. But the Lord's going to speed things up. So he's going to have to make an alteration and create a culture in us. All I'm trying to do is get you hungry. I can't make your decision. I can't make your choice. But I'm not going to, to do something that someone doesn't want. In other words, if you don't want that, I'm not going to just say, well, I'll just you know, come back and preach. Why well, good things happen to bad people? So you can learn all that in the glory on the floor. And I've preached all that stuff, and I'm going to, you know, pastors should preach all kinds of stuff. But in the glory, you can learn everything. All right, let me move real fast. So, can I just read to you some stuff real quick? We only got just a few minutes left. Y'all okay? If I made you mad, you forgive me. We're creating a culture. So, um, this guy from London, he's a pastor. His name's Rennie. And it uh, doesn't matter about that. I, I, I'm not trying to promote someone. I'm just telling you what, what's happened, right? It, we're, not on the cutting, we're not on the cutting edge. We're way behind. People told me in 2011, I was preaching about the grace of God and getting some revelation about the grace. And people tell me, well, man, God's given you such a revelation. You're going to go around. You need to go around the world and teach this stuff. I thought, 
well, and I already knew, we're not, I'm not way ahead, I'm way behind. I'm like way behind. I'm the last in line. But I fixed the jump line. But I couldn't go here until I got that. Right? I mean, you want to stand in the glory when you feel condemned, you think God's mad at you? If you thought God pays you back, you want to jump in the absolute holiness and glory? And, and the glory? Good way to get killed if you didn't know. Uh, right? So he says, uh, much of what I'm seeing in the ministry these days is as new to me as it is to you. And to those that's happened to over the years, I've come to accept the things which are clearly unexplainable. They're marvels such as signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, one of the basic fundamentals of our ministry is that we must honor the doctrines of Jesus Christ, which is given to us in the form of six principles in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, which is this. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms or the laying out of hands of the resurrection of the dead of eternal judgment. Okay. Essentially, these principles of Christ are very specifically identified as the responsibilities of babes in Christ. One does not go into perfection until the principles are fulfilled by babes. One of the principles is the doctrine of laying out of hands, which is not evident in the majority of cultural churches today. As an example, how do we expect to enter into an understanding the new things which will appear as we mature in the fullness of Christ until we've come to the fullness of understanding of the basics? Hebrews 5.12 says, For when the time has come that you should be now be teachers, you still need one to teach you again the very first principles of the oracles of God. In other words, God says, I'm inviting you out of the nursery. Okay, I'm inviting you out of the nursery. I'm not a pastor who you hired who's in charge of your spiritual life and your prayer life. And just to, you know, uh, we'll always be doing things. We, we, should, we always want baby in the We always want babies in the church because that means growth. Yes. But we don't want a church who are babies. Right. My job is to help the fivefold ministry is to grow you up into the fullness of him. Yeah, not Billy Graham, not Moses, not Paul. Paul said, follow me as I'm following Christ. But if you were following me, not following Christ, don't follow me. Right? So we, we know that we have people at different places. And so I need to do a better job of helping people at different places. And that's why I have to have help to help people. But my job is to help in, in to, uh, to, uh, uh, to bring into the fullness of what's in you to the stature of what's in Christ. Right? So it's not in church, it's in Christ. So this idea is that we've hired someone to preach us sermons and to bury us and our, and our people and marry us and all that. That's just part of what I do, but that's not why he's called me. That's not why he's called me. Amen. I'm talking to, I believe, the last generation. The last generation. So we have to, we have, to have a culture of that so that we have a faith for that, so that we have an understanding of that, so that we can, he can alter our thinking so that he can activate us, so that he can then accelerate us. Hmm? Okay, so here we go. So the following statements reflect what took place while I was teaching the Word in some of my meetings. As the glory of God fell. Y'all ready? Okay. This is a wonderful black gentleman from England. As the glory of God fell on the place we were meeting, and the faith of the present made a, in the faith of those present made a demand on Him to heal them, I have nothing to do with these miracles happening. I just witnessed them and give God the glory. 
I, so I have seen the dead raised, as well as witnessed many creative miracles, which restored damages and missing body parts, as well as healing many different diseases and infirmities. We have seen God heal sexually transmitted diseases, AIDS, not to mention financial miracles. We have seen God heal relationships which appeared to be headed for the divorce court. We have rejoiced with those who have found their way back to the path of the Lord and have prepared for them and have watched the hand of God set free those who are in bondage and in prison with bitterness. But I am convinced that we have not seen anything yet compared to what our God is, is to do in this season. We have begun to see the results of His resurrection, power in a greater and mightier way. So as I read these testimonies, allow the Holy Spirit to quicken your spirit in man in order for you to know the revelation of God is being manifested in the earthly realm. Am I talking too fast? No. I'm just trying to make time, not keep you. In Ohio, a lady who came to our meeting was experiencing supernatural oil and the presence of the Lord fell on her. For two days, she was, the, she was aware of the Lord dealing with her mouth and was confessing that the Lord would purify her speech. The next day, during that service, the glory of God fell and released a miracle while I was speaking, and she received eight gold teeth in her mouth. She is a sign and a wonder. As the glory of God fell in another meeting, a missionary lady received a supernatural multiplication of money. She gave what she had, and then she was grieved because she didn't have more to give. But when she reached into her pocket, that, there was the exact same amount that she had just given. That has happened to me twice this year. Four or five months ago, I didn't have any cash. The, the, the problem with keeping credit cards, debit cards, sometimes we don't keep cash. And so... I remember looking in my wallet for something and I didn't have any cash on me. And then I, I got to church and I, and I heard go back into the back room. Someone's back there and give them all that cash in your, in your pocket. I said, I don't have no cash. He said, check your left pocket. I checked and there was a hundred something dollars in there. Like what? So I gave it to the person, and then he told me in the same day to go do it again and give someone all the money. I said, well, I don't, I don't have the money. He says, check your left pocket. And the same amount of money was there again, and I gave it to that person. And then two days later, he blessed me financially with hundreds of dollars. Okay, here's what happened to her. She gave what she had. She was unhappy. She didn't have any more to give. When she reached her pocket, it was the same exact amount she had given. She promptly gave, it, she gave that in the offering. Moments later, same day blessing. We just watched. Moments later, someone gave her back the same amount. God gave her back what she had in the beginning. In Houston, Texas, the glory fell during the meeting with such magnitude that hundreds of people received miracles. Tumors vanished, legs and arms were healed. One brother who was involved in a court case asked for a financial miracle. Within days, he received a check for $1,500,000. Yet this miracle is no greater than any of the others. In Ohio meeting, so this guy's preaching in the States, obviously. In Ohio meeting, the lady kept disturbing the service by calling, I got to testify, I got to testify. I know her. Anyway, well, praise the Lord, I responded. She then replied, 
But something else has happened. She insisted I give her the microphone, and then she proceeded to say, I was here the other night when the glory of God fell. As the presence of the Lord fell, God began dealing me with my finances. I knew I had received a miracle. The following day, I had a phone call confirming a government contract for $53 million. How you like that, Matt? <laughs> and I said that for a purpose. Several weeks later, we went back to the same church. The pastor said, that sister that received the contract is in France. She wants you to call her. I'd call her. When I called her, she told me, I have something incredible to tell you. When I got to France, she said, they canceled the $50 million contract, changed it to $83 million contract. <laughs> I like that, Matt. All right. In a meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, two crippled people were in the audience. During the service, the Lord said to me, tell the people to stand and start walking. I told the whole church to stand up and start walking. Oh, we did that the other day. Taking some steps forward. God said, I want to do a new thing. And we just said, okay, let's do it. Remember we did that? That's, that's about as much as we could do it that day, right? In our heart, we said, okay. So as the whole church obeyed, including the lame, all of a sudden the glory of God fell in a mighty way. And I remembered this one woman who had been crippled with multiple cirrhosis, and she walked. As she walked, she broke into a dance. I recall seeing a lady I had known for many years in one of the glory summits. Her arm was broken in several places, and there was no mention of healing. And all of a sudden, her hand straightened out, and she began to move it. She knew she'd been healed. She made her way to the platform and with great excitement, informed us that she had experienced a miracle. When she returned to her home, she went to the doctor to have her arm examined. The, phys the physician, her physician was astounded and did not believe her. I've never seen this before, he stated to her. I don't know how to tell you this, but your bones are actually all fresh, and they're brand new. She knew what had happened. Now her doctor did too. All it took was for her to worship, and the miracle manifested in the glory to God be the glory. Amen. You, said, you said if we were to walk into heaven with whatever, it would have to disappear immediately. Yes, what if that atmosphere comes to this atmosphere? On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So then we're going to have to learn how to create such an atmosphere. Right? And you can't get people to raise the hand. I'm mad. I'm, 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 I'm going to raise my hand. I've been mad too. Hmm? Put off, make no provision for the flesh. Okay. In a meeting in Texas, I recall a three day. Can I, it, it probably take me five minutes. Y'all got five minutes? Because they get better. But I can wait. <laughs> okay, but if you need to go, we'll go ahead, because uh, I'm keeping you past. In a, in a meeting in Texas, I recall a three-day meeting with the glory the Lord was manifesting as people were worshiping. On a particular evening, there was a lady who came wearing a brace on her leg. I told her, just take it off, not really aware of the magnitude of what just transpired. In obedience to the spoken words, she removed the brace to find she could walk with ease all around the building. This triggered another miracle. Another woman who was bound to a wheelchair was gloriously healed. She stood up from the wheelchair and began to follow the other lady around the building. Miracles started raining down now upon the meeting. Several weeks after that meeting, a testimony came to us from a sister with a leg brace. When she went to the hospital, the doctors were bewildered. She was scheduled to have a steel pin surgically implanted into her leg that week. When the technicians looked at the x-ray, they saw newly formed bone in her leg and sent her home. 
I, have, I was asked to preach a meeting in Philadelphia. There was a great hunger for the presence. There was a great hunger for the presence. There's a key. There was a great hunger for the presence. We actually came to church on time with a hunger for the presence. And the power of God was prevalent. It was overwhelming to see somebody lifting their oh hands. Oh, look at there. That's amazing. In total surrender to God's glory. And as they brought, as, as they were brought into his presence through their worship, as they were brought into his presence through their worship to him. See, you, you say, Lord, I want. You extend the invitation. How, how would you feel, honestly, if I showed up at your house Thursday unannounced for supper? You, you probably would, well, you can have whatever we're having here, right? Yes. But there'd be some questions in your mind. Why did he just show up? He, I mean, I didn't ask him. I didn't invite him. Why is he here? That's what the church is doing. Hmm? Right? But if you, if you do your house and you get all that and you've got visitors coming over and you're going to have this meal and you're doing this, you know, we make sure the beds are made and we probably dust and do a little stuff like that, you know. Uh, if they're going to stay for two or three days, we're forced into spring cleaning. <laughs> I've had people over and I thought, let's don't do this every week. It's too much work. Can we just meet him for supper somewhere? <laughs> it's like, shh, I don't feel like cutting shrubs today. <laughs> but we're preparing for a guest. And our guest, the Holy Ghost, the actual, the actual Hebrew is holy guest. Okay. So he said, uh, so as God's glory brought into presence through their worship, time was suspended. Time was suspended. There was, it had no meaning. It had lost its grip on the people. As we entered his manifested presence, there was a sense in the atmosphere that this was the moment for anything to happen. We had taken the limitations off God. The word impossible now doesn't cross our mind. It was as if we had eliminated it from our vocabulary. We were locked into that moment in time for God's power to manifest. As I was preaching, I began to declare what I was seeing. I started to declare deaf ears to open, cancers and tumors to dissolve and dissipate in Jesus' name. Suddenly, the platform was filled with miraculous testimonies. The number of those healed from deafness was more than 50. Who's he laying hands on? Is this talking about the individual gift and anointing? Can you, can you see the difference? Okay. We, 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 we're going to use all that. But can you see the difference? So suddenly he has 50 people healed from deafness. They now stood on the platform hearing by the word and the power of God. It was thrilling to see so many deaf healed. But after having them examined, over half of them informed us that they had no eardrum at all. Because before their miracle, what an incredible creative miracle took place that night. God had created eardrums on a grand scale. Additionally, there were at least 30 people with tumors suddenly dis disappearing. Several tumors, some the size of a man's fist, were now obliterated by the power of God. As I was walking off the platform, a lady ran up to me, grabbed hold of my coat and said, Brother Rennie, I have received a miracle. To which I replied, well, praise God. I asked her, what, what has the Lord done for her? 
She was one of the women who experienced a tumor supernaturally vanishing. She said the Lord had done something else. Well, what has the Lord done for you, I asked. Well, she said, well, look in my mouth. She said, up to this point, and he says, up to this point in our ministry, we had witnessed gold teeth and gold fillings in abundance. So I was expecting to see a tooth filled with gold. However, there was no gold. I like this miracle. The woman got more than excited. I'm sorry. We probably should go. <laughs> you got one more minute, too? The woman got more than excited, and she kept insisting that I look in her mouth. When I took a look, everything looked quite normal. She implored me. She said, look again in my mouth. This was a bit amusing to me as I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Finally, she looked at me and smiled. She said, Brother Randy, you don't get it. She said, he said, no, I don't get it. She, I responded. She said, when I came to the service tonight, I didn't have one tooth in my mouth. How many would like to go to that service? <laughs> uh, um, well, could you lift your hand? No, I'm depressed. Hmm? And I'm not, don't, you know, I understand that you walk through things, and I have a compassion for that. I really do. I know it sounds like I'm not being compassionate. I don't, I don't mean it that way. I'm just, I, I know I'm needling, needling you just a little bit sometimes, but I'm doing it on purpose. My, my motivation is not to be mean or hard to you, but just say, come on. Come on, let's go over here. Come on, let's go over here. Come on, let's go over here. You ought to have a leader in your life that, that will do that sometimes. Right? So I hope you can respect that more than just like, well, he just don't have no right. Well, okay. You can go to a lot of churches. They won't do none of that to you. All right, so she said, I didn't have a tooth in my head. I didn't have one in my mouth. This 48-year-old woman had a full set of brand new teeth. To this day, she can't stop talking about what God has done for her. And, and, we, hear, and we hear she smiles all the time. You would too, wouldn't you? The following night, her dentist came to the meeting. Well, of course he did. <laughs> he wanted to see this for himself. <laughs> This man's done jumped in my practice. <laughs> he went to the platform with the woman's dental records in hand and confirmed that God had produced a miracle. He said, what an extraordinary, she, he, so he says, what an extraordinary, extraordinary start to a meeting. And this was only the second night of that meeting. An entire series of creative miracles were unfolding. The following night, we witnessed the lame walk. 18 believers threw their crutches and canes away. Some got up from the wheelchairs as the glory moved through the building. During this meeting, the Lord gave me a rainbow word, and this was the word. If you bring the high praise unto me, there will be a continual opening in the heavens spiraling upward. As you touch higher realms, which are even greater miracles, they are awaiting you, and they will manifest on the earth. He said, I think it's wise to stop here and emphatically state that we in and ourselves cannot manufacture or manipulate miracles. They're acts of, a, of God. We are simply the witnesses of His glory. I have seen God perform miracles for the last 20 years in my ministry. I know the key to the operation of this realm is the ability to access the faith realm and the imagination realm hmm, and break the constraints off the time realm. Some years ago, Ruth Heflin asked me to take her place at a Catholic retreat where there were 900 highly esteemed Catholic priests. She gave me 45 minutes to speak. 
What do you minister to all the needs and allow God to move in power in less than an hour? Fourthly, they were hungry for the supernatural. Catholic priests hungry for the supernatural. And God showed up in a powerful way during that meeting. The glory fell and over 50 deaf ears were open. More than half of them had been born without eardrums. Yet God created eardrums for them in the meeting. Why are we so surprised and limited in our thinking concerning creative miracles? We think it not strange that God can cause our hair to grow, our nails to grow, our cells to replenish themselves each day, yet we are troubled believing God can create a missing or damaged body part. Will you let go of such limited thinking? Alteration to activation and then acceleration. I believe I heard from God. It is well within the scope of God's ability to grow new teeth, eyeballs, bones, and eardrums. Look at the creative ability of God in negative, and the negative separates us from the supernatural, from our miracle, be it a financial miracle, a healing miracle, a healing miracle or a miracle in relationships. Whatever the need, we must change our perception of time to unlock the supernatural. Whatever reason we give God for why we can't do things is the reason He won't be doing it for us. In the same meeting, we saw 25 cancers disappear. At that meeting, 12 wheelchairs were miraculously emptied. Only when we stand before the Lord will we truly know all that happened in the service. So often, God does things in His secret place. I'll stop there. There's many more, but I'll stop there. Praise God. There's one in there where He stands before a person with just milky they never had eyes. And so he saw in a vision how what to do. And the Lord told him to put his hands on, on their eyes, over their eyes. And then, he, and then he, did, he said, and wait, and I'll tell you, and I'll give you the command. And when he did, he said, he said now call in an eyeball. He said, and all of a sudden I felt in my hand, you know, a substance. And he says, don't look at it. He said, you feel it? Yeah. He says, now put it over their eye. And it went into them. And he said, the guy ended up with two beautiful blue eyes who had no eyes from birth. Wow. That's beyond your gifting and just the anointing that goes next, next. We'll always have that, right? We're not discounting that at all. But there's a higher place we're coming into. But we have to have a culture to support that. Right? I can't do this. I, I can't create a culture. Ask a football coach or a basketball coach, or can, can, you, can you be the culture? No. So I'm asking you, think about it. Would you like to be one of these places where people come and experience the glory and God uses you? Go back and read the Azusa Street book. If you want a book that you can't put down, if you don't even like to read, if you put this one down, I'll give you 10 times what you pay for it. And they saw the miracles, I think it's called. And it was the people of Azusa Street that was used. William Seymour, of course, preached that, that revival of Azusa Street three and a half years. But it was the people there that God used miraculously, every one of them. And limbs were being grown out. Ears was being replaced. People who have had uh, 
legs or feet amputated, was receiving new ones, and it went on every night for three and a half years. And then William Seymour, he didn't, had several miracles himself. But there has to be a, a culture to support that. Does that make sense? So this lady was very honest with me. She, I think she would let me come to the home. We might eat cereal, might eat banana, or a saltine cracker. That'd be fine. But if she knew I was coming, knowing her, she would do the best. She would give me the best that she has. I, I just know that about her and about you too. So we're asking God, bring your best. But don't, don't look much from us. We're just here. Doesn't, doesn't happen that way. Doesn't happen that way. See, hunger is one of the big keys. So my prayer for me, not and for you, but for me is, Lord, create a hunger in me that's not there right now. Amen. Create a desire that's not there anymore. Can you see that? Yeah. He said, the hungry shall be. But what if they're not hungry? Matt, you feel orders all the time. You ever feel an order for someone who's not asking for one? No. If you're going into racks full, you don't. <laughs> there's nothing to feel. So you go somewhere there. There's they're, they're in need of something, and God just looking for someone who who wants Him, who make a place for Him, who yield to Him. He wants more for you than you want for you. Okay, I got to be quiet. Hallelujah! I feel so good. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for Your glory. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. Thank you for allowing us to be a part. Take any part. Thank you for allowing us to see, have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that understand. I pray that all of us would have this heart of hunger. Not that we're desperate in the sense that we don't have you, but there. There is a truth to that in the sense of a desperation of just knowing there's more. And we want to just experience more of you. More of you. For everyone who has that same hunger desire or who would be honest to say it's not there, but I want it to be there. I just agree with him right now in Jesus' name that that hunger will begin to increase. And you will open eyes and ears and hearts to understand. Father, may we create such a place that you would be very welcome to be the Holy Guest. We thank you for all the activity of the angelic realm. We thank you that signs, wonders, and miracles and demonstrations of the Spirit so that your kingdom will be increased and the greatness of our God will be known throughout the universe. Jesus' mighty name, amen.